The Overview is a production of Chaman V TV. Find out more about the show at chamanv.tv. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 87 of The Overview. I'm Chanman V, and joining me tonight are Fish Sticks and Flame, no ZP, no Doomfist. Unfortunately, nothing tonight in terms of that, but uh, we should have a fun night anyways. What's up, guys? Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good. All right. good. I was only off for one week. I missed last week's episode, but it feels like it's been an eternity <laughs> because we had Overwatch preseason happen. My life has been absolutely insane. Doug Jones won in Alabama. Net neutrality is dead. Oh I don't know God. what's happening anymore. Bitcoins are going crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Bitcoin, it's like, like, oh my God. It is definitely nuts. I right can't now. keep up. That's right. Like, we haven't even talked a single match, talked to you about a single match yet in preseason. It's nope. like definitely nuts. Flame, how about you, man? I'm sure your life's been crazy. <laughs> I feel like I haven't existed for like the past like, month and a half. It feels, yeah. like, it feels like I got back from BlizzCon and then I just like disappeared. And that's like kind of how I've felt this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the o- OWL is just like a- another universe, another dimension type of thing. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I'll talk about it, but it's it, really, it is like it's like a it's like a different world. It's like a this is your life now. <laughs> yeah, no, this is your life. It's gonna be cool. Well, um, you know, one thing that was that was cool that actually came in today. My order came in today was was we got the merch, the OWL merch, and I'm representing tonight. Representing the the uh, uh, obviously the outlaws tonight, given that they're the long they have a longhorn, I can't I can't pass that up for sure. So um, everybody that ordered on the first day will probably probably be getting their shipments today. I'm I'm imagining. So uh, their stuff like super fast. Really? Well, I didn't get like the two day fast. shipping thing. I, I think I got the you know the seven to ten day shipping. You know, it wasn't in a big <laughs> big rush, but it got it just in time at least for for this show. Uh, just in time to chill that's that's right man that's right uh but tonight we've got a lot to talk about we've got a a new event winter wonderland we might have touched on it last time i I think maybe um but it's full out uh right now we can uh, really talk about just the different skins and all that good stuff like we always do and then the the yeti hunt which is cool as well as some updates too that uh there's actually been some changes to the actual game too uh and then we'll catch up with flame just how everything's going of course and then preseason Overwatch League. We're just going to do a recap of it. Just, you know, what's everybody's take on just wherever everything lines up. I mean, maybe we can do our post preseason kind of rankings versus our pre our, uh, before pre preseason rankings and kind of compare it. But uh, definitely going to talk a lot about that. I've got a cool topic um, of the week too about, can, um, that pertains to casting. And then we got a couple questions from folks. Uh, if you have any questions that you want us to read out, uh, go ahead and email those to the overview at chamamb.tv. And we will get to them. But uh, I do want to mention before we start also that this episode is sponsored by Freshly. And we'll definitely be talking a lot about Freshly, which is a, a meal service very, very soon. But definitely when we start in the beginning. But Winter Wonderland, guys. So it's that time of year. This is the holiday event, which uh, has been one of the best in the past. Or at least it's always one of my favorite ones. So um, this year, uh, you know, there, were, there wasn't that many skins and stuff. Like, did they added well, how many skins? Maybe like four skins, or maybe it was six, four or six. Actually, let me bring up the page. But there was only like one extra emo and one extra intro. It, but uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like too much. We did get Walrus Roadhog though. Yes, I mean, yeah. I mean, 
the the skins are awesome. Don't get me wrong. Every everything that they gave us was pretty awesome, but uh, it just didn't seem like a ton this time around. Okay, the walrus. All right, here we go. This is right here. There's some good stuff in here. I, yeah, I like it. Definitely. Flame, what's your favorite? Who, who's your favorite? Uh, I think the only one I got out of the boxes was the walrus. I think it was yeah. like the walrus. And the summer one's okay, but it feels a little gimmicky. I don't know. Yeah, this one, right? Like the um, the ducky. The ducky junk rat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beach rat. Beach rat, yeah. Beach, beach rat, rat, that's what it's called. Kind of weird having beach a beach rat, rat come out I think in the snow. Snow owl is pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, the animal. Uh, I'm yeah. actually surprised, like... The, the skins I ended up liking the most out of this set are less of the comical ones and more of the actually badass ones. I think I actually think Sombra looks pretty badass. And oh yeah, so this one. Six. Like seventy six is like a full on cyborg, crazy ass robo dude. Looks pretty good to me. Yeah, this full out. Al yeah, Alpine. Yeah, he almost looks like a robot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what do you think of the casual Hanzo? Oh man, that, there's gonna be some super <laughs> memes on this one, man. Look at that. It's kind of weird. I don't know. <laughs> it's just Hanzo with a hoodie. I kind of like it, as stupid as it sounds. I don't know why, but I do. It's like the most normal-looking thing ever, but I don't know. On Hanzo, it's, it actually works for me. What's the um, Bastion supposed to be? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, It's just like Ski Bum Bastion. I don't know. Like, it's it's uh, called Avalanche, but I don't get it, man. He's got a beanie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. he, he, you know what? He he looks like uh, a transformer that could transform into a uh, snowmobile or something. Snowmobile, yeah. yeah that's okay. what. That's okay. what. Yeah, I think that's right. what they're going for. All right, all right. I can I can accept, I can see that maybe. Um, all right. See, emote wise, we just got the snowball one, which is you know I love Reinhardt, but you know this it's all right. It's not. I wouldn't say it's the best, but of course I'm going to get it. <laughs> Uh, but the emote is probably one of the best. Uh, the emote, my son, like the first day you saw, he's like, no matter what, I'm buying this. If I don't get it, <laughs> like by the end of the holiday, like no matter what, I'm getting this one. So th this is definitely a cute one. I never got the Zarya present one. So I'm going to have to get both of those this time around. Um, but anyways, those are the uh, the skins, emotes, and all that good stuff. It's fun Winter Wonderland. Uh, there's also a new pve mode which was not pve mode actually just a new mode which is the yeti hunt and um i think we might have talked a little bit about it last week but it's it's basically evolve in in overwatch where you have the yeti is the monster you know like the winston yeti is monster and then you have five maids chasing him around trying to kill him and there's food all over the the map if you get four pieces of the meat you get the ultimate for I think 30 seconds is about the duration of it. And you just kill people like super fast if, you, if you're if you able to do that. Uh, in the meantime, the you know the, the maze can do everything that May does, freeze you, uh, use the wall. The ultimate is a, is a bear trap, this giant bear trap that goes down, uh, kind of like Torbjorn, or not Torbjorn, <laughs> kind of Junkrat's trap. So, uh, but that's pretty much what it is. It's on, you know, um, Nepal. And uh, I don't know, you guys get a chance to play it at all yet? I have not. I have not had a chance to play it yet, unfortunately. You, you I play a little bit. It's like <clears throat> it's fun. I mean, it's just like if your teammates are bad, it's not fun. It's it's like every other game, you know. Yeah, I when I first started playing it, I thought it was um, I thought it was like too easy one way or the other. But then the more I I played it, and the more I ended up um, playing against good players, or maybe just as as 
time went on, right? People just got better at it. Uh, the games just became longer and longer. So eventually it was really, really fun. Um, sometimes it sucks having to wait to be the Yeti though, because you either pick what, pre you pick what preference you are in the beginning and then you just get, you know, whatever is given to you in the end. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was pretty cool. I think it, it shows that they could do something with that kind of mode. Um, I, you know, Evolve obviously didn't end up being super popular. I thought Evolve would be popular. I don't know about you guys, but. I, I mean, played a lot of Evolve. The game was just shittily priced. Yeah, if it yeah. wasn't for the price, though, isn't the game fun, though? I mean, I thought it was yeah, pretty if you good. Yeah, if you took away the pricing issues, it would have been, like, one of the best games, I think. <laughs> it's so shitty, dude. That is, I mean... That is so disappointing for the the actual developers. Yeah, I felt bad. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's still salvageable. Anyways, the, the mode, I, I feel like the mode does work. And, um, yeah, we'll see if they, they end up keeping that around or, or not. Uh, I haven't played the snowball mode yet. I know that's on like a new map, but I haven't got a chance to just the old snowball one. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, well, anyways, hopefully everybody's having a good time with those those modes in the arcade. Uh, but some of these updates, Ben, you, you kind of listed these out that are um, in the game. Yeah, we've got a couple updates hitting that actually affect the gameplay of regular ranked. Uh, not a lot. Most of these are very small quality of life changes. Uh, but I just figured we'd go through them really quickly. First of all, May can now cryo-freeze and remove the healing debuff from Ana's nade. So Ooh, an absolutely nice. tiny change, but, you know, May needs everything she can get right now. Period. Yeah, so it's a, it's a cleanse now, basically. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Um, also, Doomfist, th this one I'm actually more excited about um, as someone that's been really wanting to play more Doomfist. Doomfist's Seismic Slam now slides up slopes. <laughs> which is, is a tongue-tied uh, <laughs> right there. But yeah, it's also fairly subtle, but also a huge quality of life improvement because uh, when you're playing as Doomfist and you seismic slam up and up a staircase or anything like that, you mm -hmm. just get completely yeah. stopped in your tracks. You lose all your momentum instantly. And it took some game knowledge to know which you could go up, which you couldn't, which distances you could go from. Um, so th this definitely is going to be helpful for newer Doomfist players, but even for ad advanced Doomfist players, just gives you more opportunities to use use Seismic Slam. Uh, and the side note there is that it also applies to Winston's Jump, uh, which I play a lot of Winston too. So this is this is good for me. No more losing your entire <laughs> jump because you like accidentally went up a slope. Right, uh, right. Yeah, not hugely consequential either of them, but good quality life changes. That's good. That's yeah. definitely good. Uh, the third one is one that a lot of people have, have been asking for, and we finally got it. A lot of people are really excited about this. Zenyatta now has can see the HP of whoever has the healing orb, the harmony orb, and also the discord orb. So you can see your friendly teammate, how much health they've got. This is something they brought to Mercy way back when. Uh, when you're healing somebody, you can see how much HP they've got. Um, even if you're not looking directly at them, they've added this to Zenyatta. And now you can also see how much HP their discord target has. Now, I actually want to ask you guys this, um, uh, Flame as well. Because I was see, I was looking through the Reddit threads about this, and there were a bunch of people like, "Yeah, the healing thing is awesome, but holy shit, that's so OP that Zenyatta can now see the Discord orbs." <laughs> the HP. Yeah, and I'm like, I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, and like, more OP abilities for characters seems like a good thing, not a bad thing to me. So I don't know. Do you think that's OP flame? What do you I mean, think? it's definitely beneficial. It's definitely like yeah. not a bad thing, right? I don't know if it's like overpowered. Like Sombra has like that wall hack thing yeah right and i mean it's kind of like if someone's discorded 
your teammates should be telling you, like, I feel like at, like, low-level play, it definitely helps because, like, if you're the Zenyatta player, you can be like, all right, this guy's low, like, go get him or something. But in, like, pro play, it's more like if someone's discorded, someone on your team is probably already calling for the focus, so it's not such mm -hmm. a big buff. But I could definitely see people, like, getting a little bit of a new advantage that they didn't have before. I mean, it requires teamwork to really take advantage of. You have to yeah. communicate it to your team. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really give anyone a big advantage. So I am I like it. I'm fine with it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it gives Zenyatta some more ability. Yeah, I do too. I mean, obviously, every once in a while that... I don't know, they'll be able to charge up, you know, some some balls and just catch them right there coming around a corner or something. You know, just a little bit more information, but that, I think it's good. That's I don't think that's like that big of a deal for for Zenyatta, like you said. Uh, this Jiv isn't this Jiv pretty much the same kind of uh, the same thing as yeah. the yeah, just kind of a showing the cleansing of it. Um, and then your last thing here: reports resulting in a ban will show up in game now. That's cool. <laughs> it yep. just reinforces the fact that your actions actually ended up doing something. I wonder how many, yeah, I, I how many times I've I made a practice of reporting now. I like, I used yeah. to never really report people, but now if there's ever somebody who's overtly throwing, just absolutely report them every single time. Just do it. I had someone um, throwing yesterday and then like their response was to like call them the N word. And I was just thinking to myself, like you're asking <laughs> oh us to God. report this guy and you're just going to drop that in chat. Like some people are very destructive. Wait, 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 wait. the same guy that was throwing, or the our guy that oh, was the guy that was asking for us to report the other guy <laughs> dropped an n bomb while asking us to report the guy who was throwing. Report them both. I did. I'm just thinking to myself like this like, is this is Overwatch. Like, oh my god. Yeah, okay. It was wild. Uh, that's interesting, <laughs> man. Okay, but yeah, I think reporting is obvious. Use the report tool. That's what it's there for. Uh, but I think that's that's good. I mean, th this again, like for the you know sl the small percentage of times that reports end up with bans, those people are going to feel you know like hey, it actually made a difference, right? And I think that's overall going to you know help a little bit you know in terms of the entire uh, community and just just feeling like these reports actually mean something. So that's good for sure. Uh, see another bit of thing outside of the event, you know, that's just kind of the end of the, the talk about winter wonderland is, uh, we did see an update to the whole, um, uh, when you're licensed, you know, just kind of the, the blizzard license, you know, for, in terms of like hosting events and organizing events. Um, so this, uh, 2018, they, they released the details for just all the games. It wasn't even just overwatch. So I figured we'd take a look at this too, just given that, um, you know, there will be some time that, you know, people can try to get in, you know, some third-party events in, in the off-season. And that includes the teams, too, right? So uh, it's kind of good to at least know know what these things are. So price pool and appearance fees under... So for, there's a community license and a custom license. Uh, the custom license, that obviously, is, like, more of a big deal. You know, these are, like, for giant tournaments, you know, probably, like, you know, the Apexes and things like that. Um, but uh, the community license is something that... I don't even know if you needed a license before. Like, did you? Like, if you had a, a tournament that was less than 10,000, did you actually even need a license before? I believe under 10,000, you did not need any kind right, of license. Right. I yeah. think I could be wrong, but no, I, I, I threw tournaments and didn't get a license. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you're going to need a community license. You're going to need a license no matter what you do now. Uh, so that's different. And to be honest, I think that's more difficult. As long, I guess if, if this application process is easy, then it's not a big deal. But... 
I can just see it being a little bit more of a pain than, I mean, it's obviously a more pain than it was. So it's probably gonna be harder for people to, to start events very, very quickly. Uh, but the 10,000 still there. It's the same uh, thing. The 50,000, uh, I forget if it, what, what was the whole ghost game? Was it 50,000 or was it a hundred thousand? It might've been 50,000. No, remember when Ghosty like had to stop because they couldn't like, I think at some point they weren't going to be able to get a license. Right. Like, like um, I, th I think that's what it was. Right. Or maybe that wasn't like they had done they had like enough that they were going to pass that, like mm. that, that high. I think that was like 10 K. I think it was like 10 K. Cause the first ghost is like the first, like 10 ghost who tournaments were for a hundred dollars. And then like Twitter the next, followers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. The, that's true. The next 10 were like, Five hundred dollars, I think. So I don't know. I don't. I, yeah. You don't think? Okay, uh, maybe I, I was thinking it wrong. But there was a, an upper limit too, and, and I know. I thought it was Ghosty that that was going to exceed that, and then they just couldn't do anymore. You know, type of thing. Um, but anyways, there's a there's a top end fifty thousand. So what that means is that you can't go over fifty thousand for the year. So you can't have like a series that, you know, that's like ten thousand a piece, and you have a sixth one. You can't do it. You can't do that, right? So and the tournament name must include community in it. So it's like quality control stuff. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Um, and then sponsor contributions under a thousand. Okay. What is that? It means it means if you're getting any sponsorship whatsoever, you have to get a license, basically, right? Oh, I see, I see. Like what how could you get prize money that's ten thousand dollars like Yeah. I mean it's gotta be some sort of sponsor, right? I mean it's uh i mean even a private sponsor is a sponsor so okay uh, basically you just need a license <laughs> like a, no matter what so um all right well anyway that's good to know custom license i, I think that a lot of this is probably the, pretty much the same as it was before uh tournament does not need to include community so that's that's good right uh but anyways any people that are looking to maybe do some events you know just definitely take a look at this start your applications and like i said before it's like for all the games too you can like look at the the specifics for any of the others too figured that'd be good to take a look at uh but uh, at this time like we do want to give a shout out to, uh, to our sponsor for this episode which is freshly and if you go to freshly.com you can go and order uh, a lot of the different meals that they have they're a meal service if you're like I don't know, maybe some of us, I don't know how you guys are, but if you're, if you don't have time to cook like every single night, which, uh, you know, I, I definitely find myself in that situation, even with the family, then, um, you know, freshly provides these, uh, these meals that are cooked by professional chefs and designed by nutritionists and, uh, they are cooked and then immediately shipped to you in the, this cooling package. Uh, it's like within 24 hours. So it should get to you like 24 hours, 48 hours, and I mean, you, you'll be eating basically, uh, you know, a meal that's pretty fresh if you just pop in. Obviously, you have to pop in, you know, in your microwave and still heat it up. But, um, you know, we've gotten a chance to try some out. Ben, I don't know if you uh, got a chance to eat all yours yet. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I had a really, really good chicken one was the last one I had. It was surprisingly good. Like, usually when you get yeah. chicken, uh, like packaged chicken, it's usually like rubbery and dry, but it was actually <laughs> really good. Uh, and this is 100% artificial, uh, no preservatives, no refined sugars, no gluten. Uh, so, you know, maybe you're home for the holidays with your family or get some, get some of mom's home cooking. Maybe you're home alone. Maybe you don't, maybe you're not traveling this, uh, this, this holiday season and, and you need to get some, some meals to go. Uh, you can heat these at any time. It's super convenient. 
super tasty. Definitely recommend you guys check out Freshly. Yeah, and again, it's not frozen. They're always fresh. They're 100% natural. No artificial flavors, preservatives, no refined sugars, no gluten, which is a you know pretty big thing for some folks. And um, right now, we have a special promo code you can use if you want to save money. You want to actually save 40 bucks and actually spend it on you know Overwatch merch or whatever. You can uh, go to Freshly.com and use the code OVERVIEW and get $40 off your first two deliveries. I've $40. had... $40. Yeah, $40. $40. That's a lot, man. It's totally a lot. I mean, that's $40 is like a, num- a good number of meals on, on Freshly. So uh, it's, it's definitely great. Uh, for me, I've tried the, uh, the, the turkey... Let's see, the turkey chili, the Southwest uh, veggie mix, which was really, really good. The, um, let's see, what else? The, the meatloaf, which was good. And lastly, I'm trying to remember the last one. Oh, the pasta, the veggie pasta, which was tasty too. So yeah, give those a try. Let us know if you, uh, you, know, if you end up enjoying it. And you know, give a shout out to Freshly just for sponsoring the show. Okay, Flame. So it's, I feel like it's been forever since you've been on the show, which is like really, really weird given that you used to be on all the time. But I know you've been busy. So I kind of want to get caught up with just, just your life, man. Just how's life in LA right now? A lot. I don't know. It's like it's, it's overwhelming because there's not a lot going on. But at the same time, there's so much going on. I don't know. It's like there's no games. We don't have matches. There's no like season for another couple of weeks like christmas is in literally two weeks and like yeah. that hasn't really hit me at all i don't know it's it's really hard to like put it all into words like every day i wake up i go to the facility and like that's like what i do and then i'm there every day and that's kind of it's like a job <laughs> that sounds like a job. yeah it, i mean it is like a job but it's like it's more demanding because at like my old job i used to just like <clears throat> sit around and do nothing and now I, like, have to pay attention, you know, and, like, I mean, that sounds, like, dumb, but... No, like, I know actually, what you mean. You know, I've been... Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, I've definitely been, like, working for a big company where it's just, like, there's dead weight everywhere, and it's just, like, yeah, there's not, not getting anything done. And then once you get into, like, a, a different environment, it's, like, whoa, okay, this is what it's like to actually work. This is kind of Yeah, but it's, like, it, it's weird because, like, before Overwatch was, like, the part-time, and now Overwatch is the full-time, and then, yeah. like, my real life is the part-time, and, like, that's, it's really hard to, like, balance, I guess. yeah. I mean, what's your day-to-day like? Like, so you go to the facility. I mean, what are you actually doing? Are you working with a team? Or are you are you doing, like, literally all the other stuff? You know, like, no, 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 I'm like about marketing like and all this stuff. I'm, like, helping with coaching and, like, okay. getting everybody, like, ready. I don't know. There's a lot of logistical stuff. It's not, I mean, it's, obviously, it's, it is what it is, right? It's, like, I'm mm-hmm. there and I have to, it's, it's, like, more than coaching. It's, like, figuring out who's playing, you know, why are they playing? Because, like, Tyrone's not here yet. So, like, a lot of our strings uh. are. Right, just me mm-hmm. and Mezer, and then like I do a lot of the prep, like not That's... scheduling scrims so much, but like literally in the server watching them post map discussions, like so coach you're, you're doing the, the, the coaching. It's all, it's all coaching. Okay, when does Tyron get here? Uh, soon, I don't know the answer to that question. Okay, he, he should be here really soon. I just don't know. I actually don't know what's taking so long. Okay. Once that happens, what are you going to be doing? Like, um, you're like, what's your day to day look like once he's here? Uh, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> it, it's like it's hard. It's to be, like, yeah. no, no, because like I have, like right now, that's all I'm doing. Like that's like I'm doing all of that. So like I haven't it hasn't like gotten to that point where I even have to think about that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
don't know how to explain it. Like, there's only 12 PCs in the room. So, like, once he gets here, like, I technically don't have a PC anymore in that room. So then it becomes, like, do I need to be there? Or, like, if I am there, what am I doing? And, like, how do I maximize that? Right. Um, but I expect to start putting out, like, more content or trying to, like, get more content out there or, like, finding a way to be useful that doesn't involve me sitting in that room all day because I do, like, still have... Like, I'm yeah. still worrying about my dog all the time. And, like, taking care of that is, like, also very yeah. demanding in a way. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, like... It's balance, man. Yeah, you're yeah, gonna have to balance. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to find that balance for sure. Um, so, getting in... You know, obviously, you're working intimately with the team at this point, right? Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the team? I mean, we're obviously, we're going to get into just all the matches in just a sec. But you can even allude to it now. Like, uh, how how's the team doing? Like, is the chemistry... They it seemed to be great going into to just all this preseason and, and obviously moving to LA. Um, is it pretty much still the same right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's it's it's good and it's like hard. It's it's just like a struggle. Like everything's a struggle because like it's a new team. I mean, like everybody's happy. I would say like for the most part, like there's not any really there's no drama on the inside, which is like really good. And that was kind of like the plan with the team. But everyone's feeling good. I mean, we did good in preseason. We weren't like aiming to do well. Like it, like it wasn't like, oh my god, we had to do well in preseason. It was like, let's see what happens, I guess. Mm -hmm. And like everyone was like really content with our preseason showings. Um, mm -hmm. There were a couple like issues. Like most of the misplays were like on my end, not even like the teams. And like you watch the vods back, and you're not like, wow, this team really screwed up. It's just like you know some like plays maybe just went not our way, or like maybe a fight went the wrong way a couple times. But like the team recovered, and like I think everyone's morale is really high. I think they're all, like, confident, so, like, that's really good for us going forward. And, like, we're starting now, like, because we we've had, like, the week off, not week off, but like, we've had the week off of not having to deal with, like, Overwatch League logistics or anything. Mm -hmm. So we've had more time to, like, start settling in, I guess, and, like, start, like, we didn't practice any maps specifically for preseason. Like, we focused on, like, a couple, but we haven't, like, gone into, like, really in-depth map reviews or, like, here's how to play this map and like, you know, just like yeah. all of that fun stuff. So like a lot of our preseason was just like us kind of winging it and like doing what felt right. And like the chemistry was like whatever natural chemistry already existed. So like for us, that feels really exciting because we did really well, but we also like didn't mm -hmm. feel like we like maximized any potential that we had. So yeah, yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's feeling it but now it's all like getting there's new stuff like you're talking about like this ready fresh thing or whatever like that's like literally something that like we're dealing with right now is like next week we have to figure out like how do we get meals to ourselves every day and then like starting like a more intense like like i don't know how to explain it. like our parent company invested in so much stuff um like just besides optic and outlaws and how to integrate all that stuff into yeah and like now yeah. there's like a whole merch team so like now we're like working wow. on like what merch we can make and like yeah what can we do to like brand the players outside of overwatch league because like there's restrictions right. on marketing in overwatch league but there's not restrictions on marketing the players as individuals <laughs> so it's like what moves can we make as like with like the flame brand the mendo brand the jake brand the clockwork brand like how do we maximize all of these brands and then like yeah. we, got, we had like that video made yesterday that came out yeah Mm, Which cool. is a documentary like, crew following yeah, you. Yeah, it, but it's not even a documentary crew. It's like one guy who's just like a machine. Oh, wow. And like he's like really silent and he just like shows up and is like, I need the guys these days. And then they show up and like it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of adjustment. Like there's a lot of like, this is our life now. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's not just work. playing. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's an entire. I'm like, yeah, and the players yeah. are like really into that too. It's like not just the playing. It's like how do we grow? How do we? Because like that's great. Even when you're talking to the merch team, it's like okay, salary is part of your thing. But like even in regular sports, like salary is not where the money is. Yeah, for a lot of athletes, it's all endorsements, and like that's the thing is like now it's like what endorsements can we get? You know, like what? How do we make the most of our team? Because we're it's obviously like a super marketable team, but it's also like a very they're obviously very well skilled and like very well spoken, and like there's a lot of stuff we can be doing in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Before we jump into the OWL preseason and the matches and all that stuff, I want to just ask a few more questions about coaching and and like how you guys are reviewing tape and stuff to improve. I assume every team is looking for ways to review gameplay uh, of every, every single match in lieu of having like a proper demo or recording system. What are you guys doing to, to review footage? Does, does every, everyone on your team like record their gameplay when they're scrimming and doing matches or do you just go back and watch the tournaments? Like how do you analyze yourself and your gameplay? Uh, I mean, it's not so much analyzing ourselves right now. It's like, Maybe that's like a future thing. Like once demos are there, we'll go back and do that. But right now it's like, I mean, this is like literally what happens is like one of the, co- like Mesro will like spectate the team or something. But like for the most part, like I'll have the spec on, but it's like very lax. Cause like I know how to watch Overwatch, I guess. So like I take that for granted. And then like, I'll just literally like sit in the spinny chair in the middle of the room and just like bounce between people and like mm, see what okay. they're doing and just like figure out like, was that smart? Cause like, it's when you're in the room with them and you don't have the headset on you like you like hear the comms anyway because they're obviously all talking around you so like i can just kind of float and then like a lot of it is also like the players that aren't playing will like sit in and watch so like today we had like a scrim and like jake and cool matt weren't playing so like me jake and cool matt just like sat at a pc and then just like critiqued or like you know like watch from like third person and then like it's it's mostly just like a lot of what are the mistakes that the whole team is making? There's not a lot of emphasis on like individuals making mistakes unless it's like, you know, you really screwed up here or something, but like, we're not like trying to nitpick anybody. It's mostly like map strategy and like, how do you react to certain situations and like, what's the best way to play a certain map or like a certain comp and learning like why we lost fights or why we won fights. Yeah. Are you dying for like that, that, that kind of demo system and and stats? I mean, I want it like, I'm, I'm past the point of asking for it, right? Like, it feels like like I can only ask so much, you know? Like, well, I mean, you know what? What's interesting is that um, you can also look at it from the standpoint of, you know, whoever can create, you know, just this whole analysis system, you know, like whatever it is before a demo system, whoever can do that best has a competitive advantage over the rest of the teams too, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like the strength yeah. of my coaches. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I could toot my own horn, but like between like me, Mezer, and Tyrong, like there's a lot of, experience like watching overwatch and like playing overwatch and like that's definitely like there are definitely advantages there in terms of just like having people to know what to look for and like maybe some teams are less experienced in coaching or like maybe their coaches have different values but like in terms of how we think about the game i think like the team's pretty unified like we'll have our discussions like whether or not you know like is roadhog this good or how good is Ana anymore or like what's the best way to use a valkyrie like stuff like that and like it turns into like really good discussion but everyone's usually pretty responsive and i think that's like a big strength of ours is that like right anyone can take criticism and anybody can give criticism and like yeah, that's good out. that's yeah, not very common well. no yeah it's really good i mean like most of my team's college educated and like i didn't realize until after 
like we were going through the interviews and then like, oh, where'd you go to school? And then like a lot of them had answers and like some of them I didn't actually know had gone to college like before I picked them up. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of like the growing pains of like new transitions have like, like they've already done it before. And like they've already dealt with people that like, you know, maybe you don't, wouldn't normally hang out with or normally, you know, be friends with. But since you're all in the same place, you're like, you have to be friends, like how to make those relationships like meaningful and like work. Like, so it's, I feel like, I feel really good about the team. Yeah. You don't have any, you don't have that many youngins. I mean, you, you just have Muma and, Muma and Mendo. Mendo, yeah, those are pretty much the only two. pretty young. I mean, it took Muma like a pretty long, like, Muma was probably the biggest question mark. Not the biggest question mark, but I guess he was the biggest question mark in terms of, like, what's going to happen with him in the situation. And, like, it started off like, Jesus, this kid doesn't know how to use a washing machine. We're doomed. But, like, after the past, like, two weeks, like, he's already, like, transitioned, like, phenomenally into, like, adulting. <laughs> and, like, it's, act- it's actually crazy <laughs> to me, like, how fast he, like... Yeah. went from how do you use a dryer to like you know just like living his own life and like doing it and like now that we're past that like the sky's kind of the limit for me like uh, that was like the biggest scare and now we're like past it and it's really good it's great all right great. So, so now that you're figuring out how to feed everyone making sure nobody <laughs> like gets Keeps lost clean or and showering and, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about the preseason and specifically the matches you guys had um uh, I don't. I think it's very fair to say. In fact, I don't think anyone would disagree with me when I with what I'm about to say. In that you had the most difficult set of matches that you could possibly have had. First of all, first off, playing against Dallas Fuel. Second off, playing against Soul Dynasty. And both of those matches were very, very close. Uh, insanely close, actually. Uh, so you know, we already talked a little bit about the team, but do you want to talk about these matches in particular? Uh... I don't know, like, I, I learned a lot, I guess, from my perspective in terms of, like, how to handle it and, like, how to, you know, like, approach it because, and I don't know if this is, like, a leak or whatever, like, public, I don't know if it needs to be public info, but, like, we had practiced with, like, a certain lineup of people, like, for the whole week, and then, like, we changed it during the match because people were, like, feeling good or not feeling good, and then, like, at the end, we, like, regretted it, and, like, that was, like, one of the big takeaways was, like, maybe this person should have been in on this map and, like, would it have hurt us and, like, did we, like... Like, should you ever make subs based on, like, the game or, like, what you practice? And, like, there's, like, a there's a lot of, like, nuance there that I think didn't exist before because, like, now we have the freedom to swap people between maps, but we also have to, like, premeditate it because when you have to sub is, like, before the f- map is even over or, like, even, like, halfway over, like, they need to know your subs before the first half ends. So, like, you don't even know, really, if your team's going to do well. Like, your team could be... You could be getting steamrolled on defense. Like, say you're on defense, which we were always. We're always the home team. So, like, take the Junkertown map against, like... No, it wasn't Junkertown. Yeah, it was Junkertown against, like, Seoul. And, like, we got steamrolled points one and two. And then, like, at that time, I have to start making substitutions. Like, already. Even though they obviously, like, held for five more minutes. You know what I mean? So, it's like, okay, your team's getting steamrolled. You think that first half might be over. You need your subs now. But then they hold for five more minutes. And then you're like, shit, like... Okay. So, you know, like we maybe someone that I wanted to sub out like is starting to play. So, you can't really like you can't come into the match like expecting to make your subs on the fly. You have to like literally know them before you come in. And like for the soul match in particular, I didn't know if Mendo was going to play or not because there was like still visa questions and like whether or not he was like ready to go on stage and stuff. 
so like for that match when I screwed up, this is like a story where like I screwed up the Boink sub. Like Boink was supposed to go in on Koth, and we just didn't have a Lucio for Koth. And like Banny and Rockets just like aren't Lucio mm, players. Okay. So like I screwed up because I wasn't I couldn't premeditate the subs because like I wasn't sure if Mendo was even gonna be able to play. So I couldn't like make the roster before. And like I didn't know whether or not Mendo was playing until like literally like five minutes before the match started. So it's like you have to really have a plan and like that's one of the weird things about it but i also think it's like super beneficial to us or like me or i guess our group as a team because it's not hard for us to like figure out like what's good and what's bad like if someone's having a bad map in scrims all day or like they're like this hero is just not working then like someone else takes the wheel i guess you know like yeah like if like let's say we're playing like genji or something or like we had let's say we were running like Jake and Clockwork or something, and then we're like, you know, Widow would have been a way better pick this entire map. Then it's like, okay, one of you guys is out. We're putting Linkster in, you know? I'm like that's like our sh- that's like how we run it, and like it gives us a good leg up. But I mean, the matches felt really good. Most of the match losses were like, I don't know, we lost to we lost like one or if we had like won one or two more fights on Lijiang, we would have beaten Envy. If we had like won one or more fight on Oasis, we would have beaten Envy or Dallas rather. And the soul map, like we could have won Jekyll Town, but I think like we keep like clutched like three times or two times in a row and like <laughs> a 2v1, like a three-man pulse bomb. Like right. it, it's like n- nobody on the team was like mad that we lost, you know? It was like, okay, we lost, but like if we played that match a hundred times, like would we have lost it? And the answer was like, probably not. So I don't know, like if it, it was unfortunate, I guess. I, it wasn't unfortunate that we had to play Soul. Nobody cared. They were actually really excited because I have a lot of Team USAers that like really just yeah, wanted to like you know, get even with well, it's, it's, Jay Hong and Toby and like it's a measuring they stick could beat too. Korea. Yeah, it's no, it was definitely a measuring stick, stick yeah. but like nobody thought that like we came out of those matches like feeling bad. You know, like we mm-hmm. I saw like someone like Dogman like rated us like number nine or something on his power rankings, but like <laughs> He still us, has like, you at like number ten. Yeah, he put us at like number nine like, after that, and I was like, "Okay, you? did you like even watch the preseason exactly. matches?" Like, like so you know what I mean? It's like we we don't care where people measure us. It's just like for us, we need to see like you know how good is fuel, how good is dynasty, and then like for us, it was like okay, we came into this new like these are two really established teams. They played like a lot of them have played together before, and for us, it's like. Jiri's never played with half these players. Like the phase guys have never played with the corn dogs players. Like there's a few team USA overlaps, but like yeah. nobody on the team was like, oh my God, we got stomped, or oh my god, if only we had practiced more. It was like, okay, they beat us, but like yeah, give I us mean, a couple yeah. more weeks and give us our coaching and like see what happens, you know? So like the team's feeling like really, really good. And we didn't our losses didn't feel like losses, they felt like wins because nobody expected us to do anywhere remotely. People were like, oh, three zero. 4-0 every match. Like, get the hell out of here. You know what it felt like? Was, it felt like USA versus Korea, basically. It's just like, a lot of yeah, people didn't it, expect it. And, it's, I mean, like, it's like you have this player, it's right? It's a player, like, too. It's like literally Jake a player. Is like, yeah. Jake's like this player like everybody loves to hate because he's got like that like really like... like I don't, I don't want to say punchable. Like, he's got like that punchable, like that smirk. You know, like he's got that oh, smirk that like, makes you like want to hit him, right? What? So okay. like people are like, oh my God, Jake's throwing my games. And then, like, there's, like, a hate train for Jake. And then, like, when I pick up Jake, when I picked up Jake, like, the first thing that people said was, like, why isn't Jake AKM? But then, like, you see Jake play Junkrat, and then he's just, like, taking massive dumps on people, right? Time in particular. Yeah, yeah, and that's, like, the thing is, like, he bring like, our our team's, like, onstage presence is, like, so different than I think people get from, like, their streams or, like, from their... I don't know, like 
old VODs. Like, I think, like, people, like, still look at him and see LG Evil and stuff. Well, and, like, the LG Evil online team. But, like, my team has, so, like, Outlaws in particular, and, like, this is probably true for a lot of other teams. Like, some people just play better on stage. Well, there, and, there's like, some, some people... I just... I call them ballers, man. Like, when, when people are, you know when they're on stage and like you have to make plays, you know, and you, you just play to your max potential or sometimes even beyond, you know, overachieve. I mean, those are the guys that, I mean, Jake is one of those guys. Like you, you just see the level of play of his just elevate. And he did it for team USA during, during world cup. And we saw it too, even, uh, you know, against, uh, Jake particularly and, against Jake Dallas. And Link, yeah. Like Jake yeah, and Linkster, I think were like my two, yep. I don't know what the word is. Like I didn't pick them knowing, like, Cool Matt always calls me, like, clairvoyant. Like, he uses that term because, like, when I recruited Linkster, it was, like, before Contenders. Like, Linkster was already on Outlaws before Contenders Finals. And then, like, Linkster just, like, suddenly became, like, the greatest. Like, he just, like, looked like one Dude. of the greatest players in the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was amazing, too. I, I was losing my mind on Dorado when he was just, like, <laughs> chasing down Taimu. Yeah, like, and that's the thing is, like, Linkster, like, just became, like, this, like, he's just insane. Like, he's actually just insane. And, like... For, like Jake too, like when I picked up Jake, it was like way before like World Cup was like over and everyone was like still shit talking him. And then like he went on stage and like nobody ever thought Jake had a bad game in like the World Cup like match against South Korea. Like the players just like have a, I guess it's like a different level of like what they see, like what they expect from themselves. And like they like flip a switch for like big like performances yeah. and like, you know, being clutch. And like that's also like one of the big things about like Rockus too is like, Rockus like very rarely chokes. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen Rockus like choke, and like that's actually like a big reason why I picked him. You know, like and I don't know if everyone thought like that, but like Cool Matt never has a bad game. You know, like, the team just cool like Matt's just yeah, he's just like he's actually world. so like, solid. Like he's, he's actually like, literally so the best diva in the world. Like he's he's that level, right? So yeah, yeah it's, I think at this it's point like people a, know that. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a lot, it's just like jam, but he's definitely. It's just like for us, like we went into the matches like saying like, okay, like we can win these, and like maybe the whole Reddit and like you know Twitter, whoever, just like you know, feels going to shit on them, but like the team never felt like that, mm -hmm. and like obviously we proved that it wasn't ever going to be like that, and like I mean for pre like preseason meant a lot to a lot of different teams, but I think for us we had the best showing that we could have had i mean obviously we could have won both games but like it makes us hungrier now because it's like okay like now we really need to make up for this um okay but, yeah i mean definitely you guys were a few plays from really flipping at least the dallas one i felt like literally like he but said it's like if we had lost yeah. if we had won the dallas one we would have never gotten to have played soul and like that's yeah. like the trade-off right it's like okay you lost but now you get to play soul and that was like yeah. it was like a catch-22 not saying that like we wanted to lose the Dallas game, but like because we lost the Dallas game, we got to play that soul game. And I think the soul game was like really the eye opener for a lot of people. Yeah. What would you have played Florida then if you would have won? Yeah. I, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There wasn't much to gain on that one. I don't think for for the person playing them. I mean, it's only you know Florida is definitely one of the the you know last ranked teams right now. So I think it would it, it might have been interesting to see if you could still get up for that that you know playing against that team you know i think that's always one one um character test too it's just how do you play against the the bad team or not bad teams but the weaker teams right and do you play to their that's level like our, that's you, actually one of our problems yeah. right now in like scrims is that like some players just like don't get excited and like on stage everyone's excited 
so it's like you base how the team's playing in scrims, and you're like, okay, like this player's quiet and this player, you know, is like feeding yeah. or something. Yeah. And then you like go on stage and it's like the quiet player becomes the really vocal player. The really vocal player like takes a step back and like lets the other players talk. And it's like really the stage presence is like actually such a big part of Overwatch League. Like you can watch you can like watch the teams on stage. Like you, you won't hear their comms, but like if you're in the arena and you look at them, like you can see which teams are like the ones where everyone's yelling or everyone's really into it. And then there's like some teams where they're all just like really quiet. And right, right. They look kind of dead. And like there's a lot of benefit to like having the really vocal team on stage. Well, I mean, that's, that's one odd weird thing about you guys scrimming against your opponents. You know, like that doesn't happen. I mean, I guess that happens in preseason. But that doesn't happen when you're practicing outside of games. Like, what sport do you actually have the competitors practicing against each other? That just never happens, right? So, yeah. um, I, I mean, we'll probably eventually, uh, hopefully get to the point where these organizations, you know, whether it's the contenders team or whatever, right? Like, are, are really the practice team, to practice squad. But right now, I just think it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I'm hearing the same thing, not just from you, but from other teams, too. Like, people just don't get up for, for the scrims right now. And Well, it's also, like, the thing, the thing is, like, what do you... I don't know what the word is. Like, people have different expectations for scrims and, like, different, like, goals. Um, like, I definitely hear this side of people are like, oh, my God, what if they steal your strats or, like, true. whatever. Like, if that, but that's not really a concern for the best teams. Like, I think the best teams just want to, like make the best teams you know like does that make sense like you don't care if someone steals your strat if you're gonna run it better than them every time and like well not steals like your of, strats but counters your strat yeah, yeah counters but like that's the thing too is like how scared are you and like i think that that's like our mentality right now it's like we're, we're trying new things in scrims and like a lot of it doesn't work and like we'll lose scrims because you know we're trying a new comp or like just seeing does this work or whatever yeah and like but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, if someone sees this and they try to counter it, like, we'll have two or three more strats prepared. Like, as long as you're not a one-dimensional team, I don't know how big of a problem that is for you. Right, right. Um, but I think if that's, again, that goes back to, like, having more than six people on the roster and, like, why having the six-man roster is, like, weird. Because, like, if I want to run triple DPS or, like, you know, triple tank, I can obviously do that. Like, I have Spree, I have Mendo, I have Clockwork, like, all these players that can play a lot of things. And, like... Yeah, that's good. Oh, I'm right. going to back my dogs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, yeah, so clearly, I mean, the Outlaws, I think we, we talked about, obviously, the Dallas versus Houston matchup last week. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they finished out against Seoul, but the, the Seoul match was super close, too. So, I mean, I, I thought it was, that was a pretty exciting one. I think Seoul was um, uh, actually tested against them much more than they were tested against New York, in, in my opinion. And, you know, everybody was looking for that, looking forward to that finale. Like Ben, what'd you th what'd you think of that? Like just seeing the the two Korean teams basically play each other, uh, you know, not not excluding London, of course, but New York and Seoul. Um, I actually don't remember as much about that match, to be very honest. Yeah, uh, that says a lot. Actually, yeah, right? it, was, it was a less yeah. memorable one, which is kind of weird, right? Yeah. 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 But yeah, so uh, over, overall, take on I, I guess the the teams that. Um, surprise you like either way, it's like surprisingly uh, great and surprisingly disappointing. Yeah, uh, for me, the big, the big surprise, the biggest takeaway is that I think most teams are much closer skill wise than anyone was predicting. I mean, team, even teams like Boston and San Francisco Shock, which basically every single 
pundit and redditor and and whatever community person was saying they're at the bottom of the pack and then you have and you have boston taking maps off great teams you have shock playing very well um gladiators came up with a huge ups- upset beating london spitfire <laughs> yeah to me this just kind of shows that we we might be in for a much more competitive overall overall league than anyone really thought originally um you know valiant going 2-0 like I never would have expected that. Like uh, in my oh, personal rankings, yeah. I had Valiant, Valiant pretty low, uh, but like Gladiators surprised me, Boston surprised me, Shock surprised me, Valiant surprised me. Uh, you know, Outlaws yeah. surprised me, I making mean, I, really I, close matches against the best possible teams in the league. Like it's we're just in for a really good season, I think. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, you you kind of summed it up, but for me, I, I think generally speaking, I think there's just less tiers than we thought. You know, I, I think there's like mm, okay, there's I mean, like well, there's a there's top two tier. sides. To this. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like right now there's no tiers. Like there's yeah, yeah. Be. I mean, everybody's gonna get better. Like we even saw London getting better. Like after even just like one game. So I mean, a lot of these teams are, are going to start separating from each but other. I think, so like, and I don't know if this is a leak, but apparently, I don't know. This is the story, so I don't think it's a leak. But the story is that apparently, like they sent out the wrong roster for the. Ooh. London, they like, sent, like oh. yeah, like they played the wrong half of their team for Junkertown, so like it was like their <laughs> was first time playing Junkertown or something. Right. right. I don't know, but they like my point GCT. being that like I think that like there shouldn't be a big gap right now. I think like the gap comes in when like the teams figure out like it's like style, right? Like I made a team and now I have to make it the best, right? And like how I do that is all how I do that, and like how our coaches do that, and like how our staff does that. And, like, the team should all start off really slop, like, equally not polished, I guess. Like, I mean, some of the matches looked really good, but I think, like, that's just the foundation. Like, the matches should get better. I know what you mean, yeah. You know, like, like right now, everyone should be close because they're all thrown in the same boat. Like, some teams, like, Linkster was only there for a week before the preseason started. Like, some of the Korean players showed up, like, two days before you know, like, there wasn't a lot of prep. So, like, a lot of it was, like, okay, like I think Misfits have only been there, like, a couple days or, like, a week or something, yeah. like, the whole team. Right. And, like, everything should have felt really even. And I think, like, by the time the, pre- the real season starts and by the time we get to, like, I don't know, March, there's going to be, like, massive, massive gaps. Separations? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but how many separations do you think there will be? That Because that, I was saying, like, I just don't think there's like four tiers or anything like that. I think there's probably like three tiers. They'll probably be like the bottom of the pack, the the obvious top of the pack, and then like the there should be there should be tiers. Like realistically, there should be tiers. Yeah. There should be teams that like just don't make it. There should be teams. There there will be the teams that get the internal drama. There's gonna be the teams that are just that just like feel really good and like are having a really good time and like you know play really well. And there's gonna be teams that like cause upsets. Like that's what yeah. people think of us right now. Like we're gonna be the team that causes upsets, but like. You know, it's yeah, three tiers. I think coach, is right. The coaching philosophies and like the practice schedules and like how teams practice and how they work together and like who's making the shot calls and like who's picking who plays and like you know, like that's all going to come into play and that's like going to really limit teams or skyrocket them. And I think right. like it's really like I think some of the teams with like really stacked rosters might have like management problems or like some crazy internal shit that like kills their team from the inside. And like, there's so many reasons why a team can go bad. And like, it happens in regular sports too, where like, there's just a problem on the inside that just never gets resolved. And it just like eats away. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, I think right now everyone should have felt really hectic. Like preseason just felt really hectic to me in particular, but like it should have, and everyone should have been feeling that. And now it's like, who got through that? Like, how do you keep getting through that? Does the stress eat anybody alive? Is anyone having trouble sticking to the schedules? All that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just like you said, surviving that that the just the transition and just into this type of league format is is going to be a big part of how how um you know successful they are. But but surely there there's got to be something that you pull from preseasons preseason. I mean, yeah, the teams are all going to be probably pretty different, uh, even just in three weeks whenever the season starts and just after a lot of practice and really coordinating and really just you know just being together for weeks in the same place, but. I feel like you could still pull something from these games and, you know, like just some players that might've surprised you, like didn't realize, Oh wow. Like he, he's actually quite good. Even, even in this, just a little bit chaotic, you know, type of situation. Um, I mean, I'll throw, I'll throw one out. Like I, I think striker, like on Boston, like, you know, I was just kind of like, Oh wow. Striker is actually really good. I didn't actually even realize that. Uh, Gamsu too. We talked about Gamsu last week too. I mean, just some guys that I just wasn't, you know, I, I didn't really get like a lot of, um, you know, airtime or just watching them, you know, a lot in the past, you know, just t- kind of stood out to me. And that's just to name a couple. Like, I don't, were there any others like that for you? Uh, yeah, ben? Baby Bay. Yeah, really Baby Bay. Yeah, me. I mean, I know week. everyone already going into the season ha- had a really high stock in, in him. I wasn't one of those people. I hadn't seen it before. He really surprised me. Like, Baby Bay played awesome. Right. I thought Silk Thread was also. Yep. Yep. A really big surprise for me. Someone that I that super wasn't on my radar. Uh, but, uh, you know, particularly he had some good plays with Farah and Soldier and just uh, seems like a really well-rounded DPS. Um, and I, I think that's the, a really cool aspect of this league is just there's so many players that even in the, the previous era of Overwatch when we had tournaments all the time and every single weekend, we still didn't see this sheer breadth of of quality of players that we're seeing right now which is, is is very cool yeah anybody like that for you flame like on any of the teams i mean mm, i don't know like i haven't really been focusing so much on that like there's definitely been i don't know like we like i think gamsu was actually probably one of my bigger like surprises i don't know it's funny to me because like before owl we used to like joke about like how fleto was in elo hell and like yeah. we'll scrim souls some days and like they won't all feel like they're on point but like fleta will still like carry like the player just somehow has like this like it's like he all he looks so good on con or whatever i think it was combox combox or i think it was combox wait i don't remember wait, talking, but like fleet oh, oh you're talking about the uh, fleta's team oh i think yeah, yeah, yeah before yeah. in apex yeah, yeah. but like he still has like that edge where like he he's just so good and like it's it's crazy like i don't know like he makes sometimes he makes the rest of soul dynasty feel like he's like solo carrying them like he's or flashlocks yeah it was flashlocks but he's just nuts and like it's it's different because some players like i think came to na and like maybe fell off or like i don't know i I like like pine i think it was it was pine Pine, like i watched pine just going nuts on widow like i mean for me like linkser went from like like I, i didn't know how good linkser was to be honest with you like coming into the season like when he got here, like the guy just landed, goes into his first scrim. I don't remember who it was against, but he, he just goes on Widow. And I swear to you, he like didn't miss for like five shots in a row. And like things were just dead. And like, it's it's like some players, I think, just came to Overwatch League and then like leveled up. I think like Gamsu's one of them. I think Lynx is one of them. Baby Bay is probably one of them. 
Fleta, I mean, Fleta was always good, but like, for like, that, to actually like, that's see what him, need. yeah, to yeah, actually like, see them in an environment. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. you can say the same thing about Linkster in, in, in some ways too. I mean, we've been talking about Linkster for a long time as being one of the, the, you know, like a great DPS player, and but we just never seen him in the right situation, right? So, yeah, it's, it's actually great getting a chance to see these guys and you know just in in a, a more uh, just talented team. You know, just don't have to worry about just everything around you. And I mean, Jake, Jake to an extent was like not a surprise, but like, uh, like I mean, I focused. I didn't really watch most of the preseason games because I was at the studio and like we would be scrimming or like you know prepping or doing whatever we had to do. So like, admittedly, I didn't watch like half of the matches. But like, I've scrimmed. We've scrimmed against a lot of the teams, and like, there's definitely some people who like. You're like, wow, this guy's like really good. His junk is really good. Like his junk is like very just clearly good right like jay yeah. whenever he's he's playing it's it's very there's a fluidity to his his junk that's that stands out to me whenever i'm watching him um yeah so anyways I, you know I, I think there is like you said there there's only a limited amount that you can pull from uh you know uh, it's preseason but there you know it's definitely good for the uh obviously the community to see the players i'll obviously good for production for the practice you know they, they really i think the preseason might have been mo mostly for production to be honest uh and just getting that down and really showing off the studio and and or just not the studio but the actual arena and just the, the cool stage and everything which ben i didn't even get haven't gotten your thoughts on just all of that because we talked a little bit about you know just the stage and everything last week but what's your take on all everything that you saw i think it looked beautiful um i i mean as a first debut it's amazing you can only go up from here but those huge screens behind all the players <laughs> i think looked great i think the production value looked great i think the casting and hosting was was very good um yeah i i honestly was like super impressed with the production value of, of the entire thing uh, in general um, you know, when they show the map like on yeah. the screens holy smokes that looks so awesome you know, uh, you mentioned this the old StarCraft stage at BlizzCon. Yep. It's almost like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they I had that at that on that stage too. I wonder if that's where they got that idea, uh, yeah. where like they'd go to a different map, and then the like it would just there would be this clean animation where it would just flow over the whole screen, and that just looks so cool. Yeah, I, I think this one's way more sophisticated than the way more expensive too than the yeah, it's like funny to me because it's, like it's like I a projector versus lcd led basically yeah. it's uh, the, like the the room is like right there like you have to i have to walk past like where the stage is like every day to get to the facility mm -hmm. and like for like i don't know three or four weeks there was just nothing but boxes of leds like in the hallway <laughs> and like every day the the hallway would get like bigger because the boxes would be gone and like leds would be have been installed and like it didn't hit me until I walked into the arena, like the first day of preseason, because I actually just never went in there. Like I kind of just wanted to be like there for the surprise, mm -hmm. and we were doing like rehearsals. And then I, it like dawned on me like where all those TVs went. Like I actually didn't know what the stage looked like until the day before the season started. And like, oh my God, like it, it's actually insane. Like I don't, I don't know of a better stage. Like I don't think that there is one. Yeah. Uh, it looks seamless too. So if it was all of the T, like a it bunch of LEDs wall, put together, the entire wall wow. is LEDs. And like the, it looks the seamless. Booth, the booth is like all LEDs. Yeah. The lights at the top like change, like the the, the spotlights and like the oh what they're I forget what they're called like the stage lights. Mm -hmm. They change color based on like which team wins. Yeah, right. Like, they, like there's so much thought put into the 
just literally just into the lighting and the stage itself. Like there's a whole crew just dedicated to that. And it's like yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, I think that all the, I would say like extraneous things or just the, you know, the real, um, you know, great touches and things like that, like the stage and just all these lighting and, and all this stuff. I think they've done an awesome job with that. Um, I think the only things I would pick at just in terms of the production is just that a, like they just don't want to use the mini map, I guess, because they almost didn't show it at all. Like on, on day one, did like, they show it even once? I don't even, they did on day two. I did see it on day okay, two. Okay. I actually, on day I, one, I almost never saw it. Like, and I watched yeah. a lot of day one. So, um, that seemed to be on purpose given that they showed it more, you know, at world cup, like clear for sure. It seemed like they showed it more. Uh, so I don't know what the deal is with that. I, I love the mini map. So I, I mean, I don't think you should show it like a crazy amount of times, but I think it gives a really cool perspective to just how things are, are on just on the map, just, you know, just having people understand that even in just a real simple way. So, um, I kind of missed that. And then secondly, I just think the spec needs, they just need to work on the spectating. Like, I, I think that there's too much like, like first person point of view. Like there were sometimes we were just sitting on a guy for like way too long. Like he was doing nothing. Like I think maybe his, his ultimate was like ready. So they were just like kind of preparing for that. But, um, that was something I just noticed. Like it's glaringly, like I, I was just noticing it. So it was obviously way overdone for me to like, just have that kind of, um, reaction to it. So, um, yeah. I mean, so that part of it, which is like a very, very like fundamental part of it, I, I feel like still needs to be worked on. I don't know. Did you, you guys like, have the same uh, reaction to that? There's like no? a trade-off. I don't know the word. It's like, I like I hang out with Zoe and Mitch a decent amount still, and like mm -hmm. I had this conversation with Zoe and even Alchemister, like Jason. Yep. Yeah, um, Jason. Like, there hasn't been Overwatch. Yeah. Since World Cup, and so like for preseason, it was like their first time spectating in like months, like more than just like bot games and like whatever they were scrimming and like jason asked me so he asked me mitch asked me like can we watch your scrims like do you guys care because they actually like even i was talking to doa like too at the event like they don't the meta changed a lot between world cup and now like moira's moira wasn't used a lot but moira is like a new hero i think like the flow of how valkyries used is a lot different um pre I'm, like at the beginning, I didn't know who was winning team fights with Valkyrie, and now, like I don't know, two months later, like I really like I can tell who's going to win a fight before. It, like, <laughs> yeah. like I, it doesn't matter that that first yeah. pick got res. Like I can yeah. still tell you who's going to win, and like if you haven't been watching that much, like that's really hard to adjust to. And like the drought kind of made the casters uneasy, I think too, and it definitely made the specs uneasy. Like, who should I be watching right now? And like. It's it's a lot of it is just a symptom of there not being a lot of Overwatch to watch up until yeah. that point. I think like it's part of the I mean the spectator like whatever issues there are with the HUD still, like I think are, you know, what Blizzard knows. But in terms of like who's spectating and who they're spectating, like there wasn't a lot for them to practice with to the point where like they like they did ask and like I was like, Yeah, like just let me know. Like I don't I don't yeah. mind if you guys watch. I, I get that. It's just and that's fine. I mean, I know it's going to get better. It's it's just for me. It's like I would have rather them make the mistake of sh of not only showing f first person point of view because that that's like 
what you would you start off doing when you're spectating. You know, like you're you're doing this for the first time. That's like the kind of spectating that happens when you're doing it for the first time. So well, I would have to, to be fair, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you've seen Mercy's trading Valkyries at the same time, but like it's actually just like me and Mezer were spectating a scrim yesterday and it was like Moira Mercy against like Moira Mercy. And then like if you're in third person, you just see like the octopus beams coming out of two mercies. There's like a transcendence and like a Moira beam at the same time. And like your screen is just like a light show. And like, I think that they're trying to like get away from that. Like you don't want the viewers to think like, okay, this game is actually just a light show, but there's definitely some abilities right now that like make third person spectating really, really difficult. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I, I can understand that. It just, you can't sit on Tracer forever though. Like that's just, yeah. that's just bad. Sure. Like I can't stress that enough. Like, but I get it. Like, there's also there's also challenges for third person too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know it's gonna get better. It's a bit, so like I said, if I'm gonna nitpick on something, it it it'd still be that. Uh, but everything else, man, it, it's like you know almost there. You know, like I think that that even replays, I think was a lot cleaner. Like you know, just how they did it. They they have like this pip pip kind of thing now, and then they have like a giant replay um, text on top of the replay now. So it's very very clear when it's a replay. So definitely saw improvements uh, from from World Cup. Uh, so I, it'd be great to just see like you know what happens whenever the season starts and what kind of improvements are, are going to be there. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it was great. The casting yeah, was, was so great. Much, it was so much. It was dope. Yeah, it dude, was, the, yeah. on the widows, dude. It was so I important. Anything, it was so good. Yeah, yeah. The pulse yeah. bombs. Yeah, there, there are definitely a lot of great uses of it. Um, very, very entertaining. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, if you've listened to the show before, you know where my head's at in terms of spectating. I don't think they used even close to as enough third person camera, yeah. in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. This is the most unwinnable debate ever because <laughs> everyone just has Jason a completely different perspective day. about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, I honestly, truthfully think that every single time there's any dead, if if you if there's ever a dead moment and a and and like a team fight's over, zoom out, show positioning. Even when their team fight is going, there are times when it's happening on so many different vertical levels that you want to just show where positioning is happening, like. I personally want to see way more minimap. I want to see way more a uh, third-person camera. Um, I mean, I didn't watch every single game super carefully, but it, it felt like it was third-person approximately 3 to 5% of the time. Yeah. I, I could be I, wrong, I, I, but agree. I want more 5%, like 20 to 30%. Like, yeah. literally, I, I, want, I want almost half of what I'm watching to be in third-person, and I, I, I know, or free float, but I know... I know most people disagree with me on this one, but uh, I feel like we're missing so much of what's really happening in the game by watching first person like 90 to 97% of the time, which is what it felt like. Yeah. I felt like yeah. basically they only I, went free it was, float if it was like the end of end of King's Row or like the end of like some map. Uh, I, I don't know. For, for, me, it, for me, it was like, it was fine for me watching it you know, the way it was, you know, like somebody who watches Overwatch a ton. I mean, it was fine, you know, for me to do that. It's just, I'm thinking about what a person that, that doesn't watch it every week comes and what they're going to be, you know, like seeing and like what their first, you know, uh, impression is going to be like. And that's what I'm worried about because people just stop watching for months if they like their first impression of it is just like shitty. So that that's, that's what I'm, I worry about every time I'm talking about this type of thing is like, you know, 
we have to at least present it in a way that that's palatable, you know, like if it's not palatable, then it's like, damn, my eyes just can't take it. I'm just, I can't even watch this. Like, you know, that, that's, that's a huge problem, you know, for that to have. And, um, kind of getting back to the mini map. Do you guys know anybody that just didn't like the mini map? Like flame. Like, do you, do you know anybody that just like complained about the mini map? <laughs> Everyone who watched it loved it. Yeah. No, it's good. It's I don't know. It was definitely on for a few matches. I remember. Yeah, I re I saw it. For I remember sure. watching. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Yeah. I remember so. when, but like my issue right now with the mini map is that like we have the land client in the practice room. Oh, I think you cut out, dude. Like we don't have access to the mini map still. You know. Oh yeah. And like that's my biggest <laughs> gripe with it. I mean, I wish we saw more of it. The technology is just not there. It just <laughs> oh, doesn't exist. Oh gosh, not that again, man. <laughs> um, but okay, well, I mean, overall, I think it was a, a preseason successful preseason. I think a lot of people, you know, were hyped about it. Maybe even some people that were negative about Overwatch League. I, I think might have you know, you know convinced some folks that you know definitely Blizzard's heading in the right direction with this. Um, you know, I guess we'll, we won't know for sure until, you know, the opening of the, the season, but, uh, you know, everything looks according to plan right now and, and it's, uh, looking pretty hype. Um, one thing, you know, I wanted to bring up just because it's, I kind of have it down as topic of the week, but it's really just more to do with the casters, right? Um, the casting was phenomenal. If the casting was great, I think, uh, Chris, you know, hosting was, I think Chris was be the best I've ever seen him hosting was this, uh, preseason. So um, the one thing about casting I'll say is that, you know, we, we don't see ZP there, right? And Z ZP obviously is part of the show and, and it is a little bit surprising and him not being here is I think the most appropriate time to talk about it. So, um, you know, word out is Semler's going to be basically taking the ZP spot. You know, we kind of saw Hex being matched up with, you know, different people, whether it was, you know, uh, you know, X or just, I feel like he was just mixed and matched there at certain times. But, um, you know, not having the ZP Hex is definitely weird to me. Uh, and then having Semler come in, you know, Semler, uh, you know, I've known Semler for uh, a while and, you know, he's, he's an awesome guy. I think we're, we'll be very, um, uh, I mean, it will be great to have him as, you know, part of Overwatch and part of this community, but, um, you know, there's going to be a ramp up time for him. Like he hasn't done, you know, he hasn't casted Overwatch. Like even if he just practices for a month straight, it's still not going to be, you know, clean the first time he does it. We've seen, we've seen, you know, Mr. X go through it and, and we, I mean, you know, and Matt, sorry. And we've seen, you know, uh, Golden Boy do it. And we see, we've seen this progression, right? For people from other games and we've seen the result of it. It's taken months and months before they get it, right? So similar, if he's going to start off like on day one of, of uh, Overwatch League, I mean, it's going to be rough. I mean, I'll just be honest, right? And not having ZP as part of that is, is an interesting decision, like what are your th what are you guys' thoughts on on that? Just just Overwatch League with LZP in season one. It's pretty cool on one hand that we've got some of the top talent from League of Legends, yeah, Call of Duty, Counter Strike. What else? What am I missing? Starcraft, I mean, uh, Golden Boy from like Halo. You know when, when Golden he was Boy doing, from everything. It's right pretty now, cool like, that we have like an all star cast of just like everybody is involved. Um, at the same time. ZP put more work into casting than any other individual, any other human on the face of the planet. For months upon months upon months, he was sacrificing 10 to 15 hours per day every Saturday and every Sunday for, what, a year, a year and a half? Doing that straight with the only goal of getting to be one of the premier casters in Overwatch. 
just because you put in hard work doesn't mean you should always get the thing. But he put in the hard work. He understands the game at a high level. And he's a really high play-by-play caster. Uh, so I'm really sad, honestly. I'm sad that Andy's not getting his uh, his chance in the limelight. Um, I, I will say, though, on the other side, I don't hate the fact that they're bringing Semler in. Semler's no, a great commentator. He's a great yeah. guy. Uh, but not having ZP is, is a feels-bad moment for me. Blaine, any thoughts? Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew about this for like a long time, yeah. but he yeah. wasn't going to be doing it. So, like, yeah, my thoughts were definitely different back then. Like, I had a long call with him about like what he should do and like how to right. remember. I, was, like, I forget what I was doing. I think I was like buying suits for <laughs> something. I don't remember. It might have actually. I don't know how you, long. You need buy suits for some of the other guys too, dude. But... Bro, I mean, I'm I'm saying like I was, I was. I remember I was at the mall like buying sneakers or something, and ZP called me on my phone, and he was like talking, like just wanted to vent, I guess, and like. So, like, he knew, but this was a long time ago, but it's weird. I don't know how much of it is, like, I, I don't, the one thing I really don't like about it is that, like, people are doing this thing where, like, they're saying, why similar in ZP or something? You know, like, like they're they're making the, they're creating a you're scenario tying where, those things where, like, together kind of thing. No, 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 yeah, like, they're yeah. mixing them together, like, where they're saying, like, okay, like, similar soul ZP spot or something, but, like, if you're going to, argue against similar like you have to give everyone else the same right. criticisms i guess it's like why is he like like you don't want to throw other people under the bus but like you don't want it to be like oh similar took zp spot like then you could say like oh did mitch take zp spot and i think like that's been getting to some of the casters like i saw mitch like having a twitter war the other day and i was like oh my god like people are starting to like feel the pressure i guess because a lot of the, a lot of the criticisms are like well, it's definitely not. Uh, come on, I mean, we're, we're talking about. No, no, play it's by definitely play. not I mean, Mitch. But I'm saying like that's not the. Mitch. I mean, yeah, you know, like, I'm not saying it's Mitch. I'm saying like that that like notion of like people are. It, you have to like make it fair, right? Like you can't say similar uh, took ZP's spot to be like okay I, if ZP, if ZP's not there is there someone else and like I think that that's like the unfair part to me is that like people are associating it with like as if as, as if it's like similar's fault that like ZP's not there in some way I well, think that's really unfair. I mean it's not it's it's never similar's fault if there's anybody's fault it's it's going to be whoever makes the decision at Blizzard right like that they make the decisions in the end so absolutely nobody should be blaming similar you know like I like I said it's going to be great to have similar as part of the community it's just it's such an interesting decision just given that, you know, he needs ramp up time to even get to the similar level that we know similar, you know, in CSGO. And, um, you know, having that, I mean, he could, you could have just had him like, for instance, doing contenders, which ZP is going to be doing contenders, I think. And, you know, just have similar do contenders for like maybe the first season and then bring him on season two, which I'm thinking is going to be the opposite. Like we're probably going to see ZP probably get back on the OWL you know, line up once we need more casters. You know, I'd be surprised if he's not like. Well, I mean, they, they're going to need more casters, especially if they want to yeah. do like this traveling thing. Yeah. So, I mean, in the end, it's probably going to all work out by season two. But still, it's it's such an you know, it's definitely an, an odd move. You know, like I, I know similar. You know, has been having some some issues just you know figuring out. Uh, you know, just casting and when and where his places. You know, in terms of CS:GO, so it was like a really good time for him to come over here. But um. You know, it, it's just, I don't know. I just think it's very, very odd just given that Andy was the, you know, person that had to get knocked out for that. And it, it had overlap too, right? Play-by-play, play, there's only a certain amount of people that do play-by-play. Play. So, um, you know, he just happens to be wanting to do play-by-play. Play. So that, I think it's fair that they people compare, you know, just like talk about Sumler when he talks about that spot because he's the person that's coming in and he has the least amount of experience. So, um, you know, anyways, I, like I think that... Um, 
you know, I, I know Semler will work hard. I just hope that, you know, he can, you know, figure out that chemistry with Hex, uh, you know, right off the bat, because um, it sounds like the, the casters are going to get paired up, like, just kind of like what we saw, right? Doe and Monty and, and uh, you know, we had Mitch and, uh, who do, who's who with Mitch most of the time? Um, X. Yeah, yeah, it was Hex, 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 yeah. So those two, and then, so we're going to have, you know, obviously Hex and, and uh, Semler together, and... It's gonna take it's gonna take some time, but hopefully it works out. Like after maybe a month together and you know doing some broadcasts, like four of them, I think, right? So uh, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. But I do feel bad for ZP. Hopefully that that will rectify itself by season two. I, think I do agree the that they're gonna need more more talent, like eventually down the road. Um, I don't know. I I'm probably the only one who feels this way, but I think the whole concept of like only ever pair these two casters together ever i think having such rigid rules doesn't make a lot of sense to me i'd rather see them maybe 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 zp isn't the premier caster that's brought in on like all the highest profile games in the in the grand finals but you know i i you know I th we're gonna need more casters and i'd like to see them be a bit more flexible with it as well yeah i mean i think that that comes down to like caster preference at that point like I mean, I don't want to like throw throw people under the bus, but like Monty and Doe like obviously only want to work together, you know. And like I think if like if if the casters were like put in, like you you create your pairing, and this is like something that I think affected me at one point where it was like if I wanted to cast, I needed to find like a really stable partner or like solid partner that like I could work with well, and like that definitely impacts decisions in terms of like, who's, you know, playing what, like if Mitch wanted to work with Mr. X, like that could be a factor, you know, like if, if like maybe they hired similar before they hired, like before Hex and ZP, maybe like they knew that they were going to get similar before they were even considering Hex and ZP, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of like outside factors here in terms of like, do casters want to swap partners like you know yeah. I, well i mean i i think that there are some casters like you said that don't want to work with anybody else i mean they they have their own almost like tastostis brand you yeah know what i mean like they, but there's they, value in that there's a lot of oh, value of in there that. it's an established paradigm like it's already been proven in sports that having the same pair be like this familiar you know voice or voices every time you watch a football game is like beneficial like th there's a reason you know why the you know brent musburgers or you know like the it was a madden summer all for a long time you know th those guys right they, they were always together and we see those same type of of duos nowadays in college football and in, in um nfl so um you know i think that's falling in the same paradigm i think it makes sense but it's a little bit different here because we have like casters switching we're switching duos in between games it's not like there's casting all the games for an entire day, you know, and then like another one's going to do, and maybe that's what they're going to do eventually. But right now, like what we see is like literally people swapping like from hour to hour. So I don't actually think it accomplishes the same thing uh, as like we see with sportscasters, you know, no, with, no, like, but it's, it's not, it's not that though. It's like John Madden and Al Michaels, like even if they're only casting half the NFL games, like they're doing it at the best, at the highest level, right? Like, yeah you're not it's not about them switching to like preserve the integrity of the broadcast it's like to preserve their own in like i don't know what the word is like 
they them working together is more impactful than whatever like whatever else like the broadcast like them working with the broadcast or whatever it's like you want the the idea of hex or monty and doa is like better than them doing like than swapping like it has nothing to do with the swap it has to do with the fact that the casters perform on a higher level when they're together even if it's only for one game at a time or something okay i mean i get that i mean they have chemistry between each other so i i, I totally understand that um all right. Well, anyways, let's move on. Let's do some uh, Q&A. We got a couple questions that we can uh, wrap up for the night. But uh, we got Tom from Canada asks, uh, Hey, guys, love the podcast. I have a question for you. Do you think that Blizzard wants uh, with the league? Wait, do you, do you think with what Blizzard wants with the league, we will ever see Overwatch League on live sports channels such as TSN? Thanks for your input. So on TV, yeah. basically, right? Like um, For sure. Yeah, for, I, mean, I think there's not even a question, right? I think it's already going to be on TV <laughs> at some point. It's already been on Disney XD, Contenders, yeah. and World Cup. Yeah, and I mean, maybe one day on ESPN. Who knows, right? Like, it's just it's just a matter of what kind of deals that they. If season one's going to be a big deal, season one's going to, I think, be proof of concept for for their sales team to to go and sell like to some of these networks. And um, hell, maybe Turner takes on another league. <laughs> you know, I don't know, right? They already did Overwatch once. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they shell out some more money and, and do Overwatch League too. Um, yeah, I think I you guys talked about broadcast rights and stuff um, last episode, but yeah, there, there's no reason why Blizzard wouldn't want to be on both TV, uh, traditional media, and online. Um, they, they want as many people to see this as possible, and they and I also think that if they're selling broadcast rights, you can probably package up online sales and uh, TV sales differently as well. How funny would it be if it was on Disney Channel? Freaking it, it was, was on Disney. I mean, it was on Disney XD, but not. I'm talking about like Disney Channel, like the the. Why not? <laughs> that would be so funny. Esports on the Disney Channel. I mean, it makes sense just given that it's you know it's like a cartoon basically, but. But uh, Disney's investing in esports all over the place I now. I mean, shoot, my the demographic is like my, my kids' age, man. They freaking love Overwatch, so it, it makes sense too. Um, I don't know, Flame. Any thoughts on that, or uh, we can move on to the next one? No, I mean, I'd be surprised if it didn't. Like, I'm surprised. Like, I don't know. I expect. I don't know what the broadcast deals are, but I would expect that there is one. You know? Like, yeah. Coming. Yeah. Totally. Okay, Rob. He has a question. I okay, so this is more from a European's perspective, Overwatch League, and I've actually had a few uh, Europeans write me and basically, you know, kind of express their disappointment. So uh, I figure I'd at least read one of them. So Rob, I as a disappointed European, bear with me. Wonder how Overwatch League could grow larger, a larger European audience. What we have now is a league carry or catering to anything but our region. Sure, there's an, a representative. The issue is that the UK is one country in Europe out of 44, and it's unlikely that the vast majority of the Europeans will support them just, just because. Uh, and there's a, it's a much longer, but basically, you know, his sentiments are, you know, the league right now isn't catered for the EU region at all. Like, um, you know, whether it's like times, like the matches are on. And I mean, you can argue that it's not really great for the Asian region either. I mean, we've got like matches in the five o'clock in the morning and stuff like that. That's not great either. Um but uh, he does have a point, though. You know, like, I, I don't think that, that it's really, you know, I don't think they've done any favors for the Europeans so far. And the London team is basically a Korean team. So I think they're, they're maybe feeling a little bit of that, too. 
so yeah, thoughts on that. Like, I mean, is it just like, you know, we, it's kind of like a, something that you, we have to go through because you know what? I mean, there's a reason why Overwatch League is all centered around LA this first season too, right? Like we, they're not actually in their cities either. So, um, or do you think this is a strategic thing? I mean, I, I could go pretty deep on this topic. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, first thing, first thing first, you can't have, until they actually nail the traveling around the world to each different location thing, if you're in one location, you're not going to be able to serve all time zones. So you're going to have to make a harsh decision somewhere. I can understand why they went with Europe instead of like, why they're kind of like prioritizing NA and Asia over Europe. Uh, obviously, it's Blizzard. They have a legacy with South Korean esports, and Overwatch is a massive game in South Korea. So I understand kind of, I understand why you'd choose NA first of all as like your primary uh, market. Um, this league is is something that Bobby Kotick and Activision uh, is putting together. They're North American. They know North American sports owners. Those are the first people that they signed on. They brought on, uh, you know, Robert Kraft was at BlizzCon two years ago because of North American connections. Uh, you know, the advertising market here is particularly good. So I understand why they started with NA, and then I understand why they're kind of prioritizing uh, Asia um, over Europe. It's it's unfortunate. Like, of course, in an ideal world, you're serving every region and brought, doing broadcast hours that make sense for every region uh, and have teams, equal <laughs> representation. The dream. I, think, I mean, that, that's of course, that's what they wanted. Uh, it's just okay. not very realistic, uh, especially like, they're looking for this $20 million buy-in. Uh, I know for a fact that uh, European venture capital uh, is a lot more tight. It's a lot like a lot, lot less common for venture capital money to be just spent left, right, and center. Um, so, you know, down the road, I really hope that we do have a Paris team. I hope that we have a Stockholm team or Frankfurt, I, I, Frankfurt or Berlin. Yeah. I hope we have it all. And I'm sure so does uh, so does Nate, and I'm sure so does Blizzard and Activision. I, guys, but, I, I think it's one of those things where if there was an offer that came from any of the other European countries, I think we would see another Overwatch League in in one of those other European countries. I just don't think there was. Like there just wasn't any interest in this first season. So yeah, and, and then the the final yeah. point I'd say is out of. My traditional experience with uh, with like 98% of esports is Europe is actually a bigger market in terms of viewing and watching and mm -hmm. and, and tuning yeah. into the, the broadcasts. That was actually never the case for Overwatch. Uh, NA was equally as big or if not bigger. Uh, and you saw that with Contenders viewership. I mean, Contenders Europe didn't have even close to the viewership that Contenders NA had. So Yeah, but that was more of a product of what happened. I mean, there was there were no events in Europe. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's... it's um. I don't know whose fault that, I mean, it could be just organizers' faults, like, you know, like ESL never did anything huge over there, or um, DreamHack never did Overwatch, right? Like, they did one, but it was, they it was a 14 tournament, or no, oh, a 16 yeah, tournament. Yeah. Okay, I, can, I think I vaguely remember that now. But yeah, so, I don't, I, I don't know if there actually are, I mean, there, there probably are people who want to watch Overwatch in, in Europe, Europe, they just never had a chance to, right? So, um, Anyways, that this is what the state of Overwatch is. You know, like you said, it's very NA focused and and Asia focused. So that's where we are. Um, hopefully, that changes. I think over time it will change. It's just it's hard having a global league. 
I mean, that's we have never seen a global league. Like we haven't seen that in, in even traditional sports, like actually having something that spans the world. Like there's a reason why we haven't. So, you know, this is going to be, you know, like very, very new and it's going to be expensive too, but, um, you know, it'd be awesome to see if we can pull it off, you know, in Overwatch. Any thoughts on that flame? I mean, you've been quiet the whole time. No, I mean, I don't know. It's like, like, I don't know. It's not about sympathizing with Europe. Like I definitely sympathize with Europe, but yeah. like, there's a limit. I mean, we are on the West Coast. Like, even for me, it sucks trying to stream at night because most of my, like, viewership before I moved here was East Coast. And, like, if I'm streaming now, it's already midnight for some of them. Like, there's a huge give and take when it comes to, you know, what's doable. Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's a limit to what's accomplishable. And, unfortunately, there's not a massive EU representation in the league for whatever reason. Like... People speculate, but like they just didn't get the investors, or they didn't get the investors in time. And like, I'd be very surprised if there's not like a giant, uh, like a massive push for European investors in the future. And then like maybe the Atlantic and Pacific division, like that, those ideas like start mattering more. Like even right now, yeah. I think like the way that it's split is like the days are scheduled in such a way that like you want, I don't like. It's it, it's already it is technically already catered. Whether or not that shines through is a different question. But like we're waking up for like matches at like ten some days because like of matches that start at like eleven oh, or like really? or like matches will start at eleven. Like that's on purpose so the Europeans can kind of. Walk. Yeah, that's not a bad time for Europe. Yeah, that's actually. a good yeah, like, Europe, like, that's like there's not a, like Blizzard is catering to them. Like it, it, the league itself might not be catering to them in the concept of like there's not a lot of your like there's you know there's not a lot of whatever representation in terms of teams, but from a timing perspective, like Blizzard is going out of their way to like make us wake up at nine o'clock in the morning someday so we can get to the practice facility by like 10. When does that happen? I mean, I'm looking at the schedule even for the first week. I mean, Saturday, I guess that's, that's European friendly. Um, but that's the idea. Like some of the days are super not Asia friendly. Yeah, true. And, and like, I mean, I think they purposely put like London early on Thursday and, yes, I mean Florida too. Exactly. Right? Florida, yeah, exactly. It's pretty yeah. much a it's, European team. Oh, there's plenty of European players to support, guys. Like it might not be the actual cities, but you know, for the, in the meantime, you can, you know, support. Like Florida Mayhem would be a perfect team if you're European to support, right? Uh, yeah. So to your they're, point, yeah, it's like they're, they're trying their best. Like, yeah, they're doing not, something. Sure. It's not like they're getting neglected. Yeah. So, I want the Australian teams. I want another Australia land. Oh I'm just going to throw that in there for any Blizzard people watching. Okay, yeah, man. The more Aussies events are... in Sydney, I will, I will <laughs> See, so There seems to be a lot of events in, in Sydney recently. So, but uh, it's a great, definitely a great city. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap things up. That's it for the show today. Flame, always a pleasure having you on. And Ben, of course, having you back is... Uh, always a gr uh, pleasure, but, uh, flame want to do any kind of shout outs before we take off. Yeah. I mean, shout out to everyone who's been so supportive. I don't know. I feel like I like haven't existed online in a while. Like my day has just been nonstop overwatch, 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 but that hasn't like entailed playing or like streaming. And like, I want to get back into it, but like right now it's just like not feasible. Like there's not enough hours in the day. Like, someone has to be at the facility with the players. Like, my team's been sick for the past week. I'm like, it's, it's like, crazy. Like, if, if it, it does feel like babysitting in a way sometimes, but it's not, it's not because they need it. It's because, like, it's my responsibility to make sure that they're doing well. 
and like I need to be there. And like if like coaches like coaches have gotten sick, like I've been sick, like I, literally everyone's been sick. If if someone yeah, daycare, could get sick, man. I think Everybody's anyone sick. I think anyone that's been sick. in California in the past week or two yeah. has been sick. And like that's just is it because of the fires? What, what is it? Just, mm, just I mean, the fires. The fires were definitely a factor in it. Like, I'm, I'm not used to waking up and then suddenly there's just like ash all over my like backyard. Like, that's not a normal thing. Right. Right. Um, but I think a lot of it was just like all of these people from all these countries are coming into like one room or like you know one building for the first time. Like, there there was a lot of opportunity to get sick. Like, germs. Germs everywhere. I think one day the air conditioner just like stopped working in the oh, in the um dugout area. So like that was bad. Like three or four teams would be in there. Like I think maybe I mean there's twelve teams, so like, at minimum there were six teams in that one room at a time. Like <laughs> over the weekend, six at least six teams shared the same room at least once. So like there was a lot of opportunity to get sick during the preseason and i think that that's like unlucky but the point is that like between the people being sick the scrims the fact that like i don't have all the coaches here like there hasn't been, been a lot busy. of time for me to be doing <laughs> yeah. yeah i haven't been able to put myself first in a while and like i like it i enjoy it like it's really fun i think like there's a lot of value in what i've been doing and what we've been getting done and like i hope well, it was all like i just want it to all be worth it at the end but it's been a lot. It's going to get better, dude. It's all rent. I mean, the beginning is always the, the the most work, right? Once you get everything yeah. in place, once Tyrong's here, you get some balance, dude. You got to get balance. Definitely important. For sure. Uh, ben, shout outs. Oh. <laughs> I, I got nothing, dude. Yeah, oh I never have nothing. Never. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's uh, just nothing. There's no events going on. That's for sure. Go play Doomfist, I guess. He's kind of better now. <laughs> I guess. Wow. Okay. I don't know. You can follow me on Twitter. Go play Doomfist and, and uh, maybe, maybe in honor of uh, ZP <laughs> coming back next week, maybe. Um, but next week, guys, we do have a special uh, uh, episode. It's going to be on uh, the overview will be on Wednesday. I just need to find, figure out a time with all the guys, but Nate's going to be joining us. So, Oh, you, you, is this the first time you announced it? Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have Nate on the show. Uh, yeah. I want to shout. Out, I wanna, actually want to shout out him and like Blizzard. If I have to shout, yeah. out. Really. okay, like, all right. The yeah. past, the past like week has been, or the past couple of weeks have been really, really hard. Like, and I, I don't even say that like jokingly. Like, it's been hard. very stressful. Like, it's hard, been hard a nonstop or mm-hmm. hard on on Blizzard, or you For mean everybody. just like everybody? Okay. But like, yeah. it's been on hard on Blizzard. It's been hard on like the players. Like, you're seeing all these players like come out of the woodwork this week, like really stressed out. And like, I don't know, they're not in the right mindset or whatever, for whatever reason, but like Blizzard's done a really good job, I think, of like keeping everyone in line and like, just like in the best shape that they can be in. Mm-hmm. And like Nate in particular has like helped me specifically or like our team a bunch, like the past couple of weeks in terms of just like logistics, like different logistical things. And like, it's actually insane how much work had to get done in such a short amount of time to like make that preseason even possible mm-hmm. and like they like knocked it out of the park i think and like that's like super yeah super it's kind of easy to uh yeah <laughs> to forget that this and, like is and also most... like get mad about stuff like people like get more well, the hell was blizzard here like you know like for whatever reason like but there's so many 
there's a lot that went into everything. It, yeah, people people seem to forget really easily that this is the most ambitious esports league ever conceived of. And it actually well, started out pretty well. People came into well. that place like every day and put that stage together like by hand. Like it, there's like so many moving parts to it that like nobody will ever see or like. Fully and not, not only that, there's so there. much pressure on them too. Like pe- oh, there are people exactly. wait like wanting them to fail. So it's like yeah. you know, you know, I I think you're right on the yeah, you're right on on point with that. So many hardworking people right now on that Overwatch League team. So, um, anyways, can't wait to you know get a chance to talk to Nate all about you know just everything. Um, it's been a while. I mean, we had him on like a year ago, I think. So there's going to be uh, a lot to catch up on. It just a year later is just like, wow, this is pretty amazing a year later. So anyways, tune into that. Follow us on the Overview GG for, uh, you know, for when I announce the actual time for it on Wednesday. And then uh, you can find the show, as always, on YouTube.com slash as well as all the audio channels like iTunes, uh, Google Play, and SoundCloud.com slash but um, again, if you want to write into us, go uh, go ahead and email us the overview at chamav.tv, and we'll try to get those in next week during Q and A. But that's going to be it, guys, for this week for Flame Fish Sticks and myself, Chamav. We'll see you next week.